Today we're going to do some report cards, I think, on, on some of the skill positions here. First semester report cards for the NFL. You know, who may have been the best at their position to play or who they, we think might be playing really well, who we think struggled, who's emerged, maybe looks for real, who's showing some promise. And we're going to cover that with four positions. We'll talk about a couple of teams as well here. And I think we're going to get started with that. Lori, you, you know, you mentioned that the, the Giants are – you know, really doing well as a run first team. All right. Well, that. So, Lori, you know, you were saying, you know, earlier that the Giants are really doing well, you know, as a as a ground attack. And, you know, obviously with their their winning record right now, do you think they're proving that that, you know, you can be a run first team as an offense and 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 play winning football? Do you think that that's something that's really coming to fruition here? Or is this just more of a first semester kind of like success that might get proven otherwise? I think it's a little bit of both, to be honest. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's definitely uh, promising that they beat the Green Bay Packers. Um, but, you know, as we'll get into, we're not really sure what's going on with the Packers right now. Uh, so... When you look at the Giants and you say, you know, can this team be successful? Uh, right now, yes, with Saquon Barkley um, playing out of his mind, finally, as I've, I voted him comeback player of the year. And as of right now, he's looking like that's going to come to fruition for me. So I'm pretty happy about that. I just wish there was, uh, there was some uh, sports betting in Florida. But uh, unfortunately, <laughs> there's not, so I won't win any money there. But... Uh, but uh, just in terms of how Saquon is playing right now, uh, they're able to really base their entire offense around that. Uh, and, you know, being having one of the easiest schedules in the NFL, uh, it's really working out for them. And I think it's, it's also, you know, a reason why the NFC East is no longer the NFC least right now uh, because of how easy the schedule is and I just wanted to remind people about that uh, because obviously yes the Eagles are a great team um, but you know when you look at who the NFC East plays it's just subpar teams right now uh, so so I think it's um I think their offense is is obviously doing well they're they have a brand new identity with with Brian Dable he's able to use the running back uh, and and just kind of like guide along Daniel Jones, uh, in, and yeah, he's kind of took on a different role uh, in terms of being just a play action quarterback. So in the end, I'm not sure if that's sustainable, um, but they are looking like that is something that they could use going forward. It's just when the end of season comes and and when the teams are playing to their full uh, health wise, and when they start maybe getting into the playoffs and teams are really playing for their lives, I'm just not sure if it's going to cut it. You know, having that one-dimension offense, uh, you know, that rushing attack that's – and the only reason why the passing is working out is because the play action is doing so well. Yeah, it's fascinating because the passing game does seem like a work in progress after watching them beat Baltimore, and, and I would even argue watching Baltimore beat themselves yeah. because – yeah, yeah, because the end of that game, Lamar Jackson had the worst fourth quarter I've seen him have at any level that I've watched him. 
Um, and that was probably his worst game ever um, in terms of just two bad decisions that cost them um, an opportunity to win that game. And, and I'm sure he would probably tell people that. But looking at what the Giants did in that game, I mean, it's the, that passing game is basically the running backs, Daniel Bellinger, um, and occasionally, you know, crossing routes to receivers. There's not a lot going on in the vertical passing game. There's not a lot going on in the intermediate passing mm -hmm. game, which is where you would expect a, a good passing attack to have even against two high shells on, on a regular basis if they were even going to play too high against them. But, you know, the, the creativity that we're seeing from Mike Kafka is really something that I that I enjoyed. I mean, there was a play that I think that was much talked about on social media. If you're not on social media, one of the plays was is that the Giants lined up in essentially what was a wildcat formation like kind of, and uh, like a wing T type of look, a modified version of that. And then they and then they quickly shifted to um, more of like a diamond formation look with three three backs in the backfield with Daniel Jones and threw a bullet route, like a, a vertical route to Matt Breida up the right flat. And the, the quickness in which they shifted from the wildcat with Barkley as the quarterback back to Daniel Jones in the diamond and then snapped the ball. They're, they've been very efficient with their execution because it's one thing to make the shift and, and, and confuse the defense. It's another to do it quick enough to not give the defense time to respond and and do that. And you can see that they're pretty crisp with their execution on these levels when they do do things like this. Um, but at the same time, you know, at there's only a certain amount of creativity that you're going to see out of a playbook by November and December. Like, it's going to get pretty played out. They might be able to add a couple of things here and there. But a bulk of their installation comes in the summer. And once defenses start to figure out some of this stuff, it, you know, I think that I, I do have concerns about how this passing game is going to be able to go, especially if they don't have their top receivers in the lineup. Yeah. And I'm not a I'm not a believer that Kenny Galladay is one of those top receivers, but I am a believer that Kadarius Tony can be that guy. Um I think Darius Slayton is an interesting player who did well against the Packers, but you, you know, this week he didn't do much, but part of it was, you know, he was targeted. There was a penalty that he drew in the red zone. There was a pass that maybe was, he was open, but it was a little too far for him to be able to catch. He had an opportunity for basically two scores in that game. If things changed just a little bit, were a little bit different from that. From there, but I certainly think the running game is a is a big part of what they're doing, and obviously it's keeping them afloat, and they're they're playing efficient enough football. But I think the you know at the end of the day, you know you look at the teams that they're facing. You're right. I mean, Baltimore might have been their toughest test, and Baltimore imploded. Um, and then you know you get the you get the Jaguars next week. Seattle's defense is awful. Houston isn't great. Detroit is up there with Seattle in terms of like the 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 stink factor on defense in terms oh, of yeah. you know their weakness there. Every um, time so I look the at their schedule or their results, it's like they're they're putting thirty eight up on their opponents, but they're also you know uh, allowing forty points every week. It's so funny. 
Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, Dallas and Washington might be the tougher defenses that they're facing before they face Philadelphia. And this is all after the bye week. We're talking like, you know, well, around week 10 and later is when their schedule starts to get a little tougher. Indy might get healthy by then as a defense. And if they do, then they're up there. They they could be up there as a unit, and that would be like week sixteen or week seventeen. Well, right now, yeah, he's going to get better. Like that that whole thing that like that that rough start it makes to I think I I never really had worried about Matt Ryan in in any sense. So, yeah, it's a great point. He looked good last week. So so yeah, I mean I'm I'm with you on that. Do you think um? You know, the big question is, is the, the big thing with Barkley that has always concerned me is that he has, a, you know, he's a huge, he's a great big play back. Do you have concerns about as defense is starting to tighten up, tighten up a little bit more that he presses a bit and maybe becomes a little bit more boom bust like we've seen in the past where some of those decisions to, to try and make cutbacks or make big plays, he can, I, I've always kind of seen him as a player that he, he's unbelievably skilled, but sometimes will try a little too hard to break that big play. Kind of that little Reggie Bush type mm-hmm. of thing Reggie Bush used to have yeah. of trying to trying to make the breakaway run and end up losing more yards than he could have gained to keep a team on schedule. That's my only concern about him. Otherwise, you're right. I mean, he looks he looks every bit the player that he was prior to the injury. I'm thinking that if, if they keep that offense uh, dynamic, like lining him outside, uh, giving him different types of... Uh of rushes like tosses or, or traps or, uh, you know, another blocker back there, you know, two, two back situations. Um, I think if they continue to, to mix it up, it'll be hard for him to, to kind of get into that funk because it's like the repetitiveness of like, okay, let's call this play again. And then he tries to make something out of nothing because nothing has been happening. Um, I think, uh, that's where it gets a little, you know, that's that's where it gets a little, like, wonky for him. But I think if, you know, Dable continues to line him up outside and, and do different things, hand the ball off um, to other players, uh, you know, continue to use the tight end, uh, I think he'll have a good chance to continue the momentum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it, I they just got to find some weapons on that they can lean on every week. And it yeah. seems like Dable's kind of um mixing and matching right now give you know he's having that week, week weekly competition and I get what he's doing from the sense of of like saying listen you know Galladay's a high contract player who's never been a primary receiver he's always he was stuck between Golden Tate and Marvin Jones and given a lot of matchups to where he could win with the athletic ability, but he wasn't the guy that was winning one-on-one against the primary corner. Um, and now he and he came in last or last year, two years ago, and really couldn't be that guy. Really didn't show up as that guy. And then you look at you know Shepard, and he's he is what he is. He's a slot receiver, you know, who can occasionally give you some looks at flanker, um, but he's not a guy that's a, a matchup problem as much as he's a smart do what you would expect type of player. Tony looked absolutely dynamic when he's on the field, but you've all, you know, I don't know about you, but I always worried about him because of his ability to, while he's, he's a quick twitch athlete and he's a very good route runner. Yeah. He, he tends to be a little wild with his movements in the sense of as a route runner, where 
he he kind of makes himself prone to getting hurt. He would take very long strides and hard plants in situations where you would want to see a little bit more efficiency with his movement. And he seems to always have soft tissue injuries. Mm -hmm. um, and you wonder if that's a contributing factor to it. And you look at, you know, Tony and, and Galladay, and I think Dable's been saying, listen, we're having an open competition right now because I don't, I don't, I don't have to be tied to these guys. And I think they're underachievers and I want, you know, one of them I, and, and Tony could be our guy, but he needs to, we want him to mature and Galladay, we'd like want to put him on notice. And I think Galladay hasn't reacted very well to it. Um, Tony, they see it, say he has, but he hasn't been able to stay healthy. So, yeah. you know, at some point, if, you know, both those guys can somehow respond and realize that they're going to be playing somewhere else soon enough mm -hmm. if they don't get it together. Um, yeah. This could be a really good offense or they could be make it a lot more dynamic. If not, I don't you know. Only the guy is Wandale Robinson. And while Robinson is a nice piece to the puzzle, I don't think he's a primary. No, guy. I think a, a big part of it is the blocking. Like they need to have wide receivers that can do both. Just because they, you know, they they have to be able to come out in the same look and run different plays. That's how you keep Saquon efficient. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, Tony actually he he didn't do too bad in blocking. Um, but Wandale, uh, I'm not sure. He, you know, he's just he's obviously a small guy, so you know that's definitely a big factor. Be only five eight, going against you know guys that are uh, six two, six one on the defense, they're going to be really hard. You, like you can't even ship at that point. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's, and watching him, he doesn't play big. I know there are people who think he does, but watching him this week, he still has the same issues with position himself for the football. He likes to go airborne and lean backwards into the, into targets. He traps the football. And while he made a nice catch on a trap, later in the game he also dropped one that he should like trapping like because he's keeping in his chest okay yeah where he like yeah. traps it to Not his true. chest rather than like having his hands out mm -hmm. and really attacking the ball and using it that way you you see that he he kind of plays it like a scat back who hasn't really become a refined wide receiver yeah. you know or a refined scat back in the nfl because refined scat backs actually you know, catch the ball <laughs> in a technically sound way. But um, let's move on to Green Bay. Should, like you said, should we be concerned about their offense right now? Uh, I think it's a little concerning, uh, to be honest. I was looking at uh, the the time to throw on uh, next-gen stats. And, uh, you know, down there in Tampa Bay, their offensive line is all beat up, right? And so Tom Brady is... Uh, number one on time to throw. Now, he's a guy that gets the ball out fast no matter what. Uh, so some of it is like, okay, you know, is is it him just knowing who he's going to throw to because the offensive line is so bad? Um, but second on that list is Aaron Rodgers. And we all know how good he is working within the pocket, being able to shift and go through his reads and stay poised, kind of maybe escape a little bit and then throwing on the run. Um, you know, but he's the second quickest getting with time to throw and it's no time at all um and i think it's a big i think it has a big uh you know it's a big reason why the offense isn't playing that well um I, i'm a little concerned 
I mean, I we're going to get to the grades, and uh, Rogers is a guy that I have, um, you know, t- to, uh, to, to elevate his game. Like, yeah, obviously he hasn't played great right now, um, but I think it's something where, you know, it'll get better as time goes on. Um, but, you know, playing these easy teams and losing, it's like, how do you dig yourself out of this hole? Yeah, I wonder, you know, I watched a little bit of the Packers um, before this show and and watched some of the watched some of the games. And one of the things that stood out to me is one is that with Brady, you're seeing Brady, the difference between Brady and Rodgers is that Brady's making quick adjustments against certain package, defensive packages in a manner where it's more about reading what the defense is doing at the line making the quick adjustment and having a player like Chris Godwin on the same page or throw, checking the ball down to players like Leonard Fournette or to his tight ends um, and just being just taking what the defense gives them. Whereas I feel it, it seemed more like with Rodgers, it was not so much about checking the ball down, but a lot of times having more schemed plays to protect these receivers or to maximize what these receivers can do because a lot of them are young guys. I mean, you know, you've got Watkins and and uh, Dubs in there, uh, or not Watkins, um, Christian Watson and Dubs in there. And, you know, those are guys that they're, they're scheming more plays to these guys because they realize that trying to expect them to read the defense like Aaron Rodgers right now is just not going to work. Yeah. Um, and and then he's going to have to take too much time. And I, and I think... At the same time, though, you're not seeing to you know, you're not seeing some of the plays that maybe you could scheme to your running backs that you could work to a guy like Aaron Jones and maximize what he does well um, as a receiver. So you know, there's there's part of that, but I think the difference between Rodgers and Brady is that I think Brady has always been used to being a short, you know, th- throw underneath type of guy who can throw it deep and can attack but will make the adjustments to the line. Whereas I think Aaron Rodgers has always been more of a guy who wanted to go downfield, wanted to buy time and create opportunities to do that. And doesn't really have the personnel in terms of experience level to take advantage of that. And when they try the, the main guys they have right now are come, you know, Robert Tanyan coming back and Robert Tanyan is more of a matchup guy. You're, a guy that you want to match up against a safety or a linebacker to do that with, and they can't always draw that matchup. Um, and then also Alan Lazard, who's you know a bigger, slower, middle of the field slot guy who's had a couple of big plays against um, cornerbacks, but it's usually not the primary corner. It's been and often it's you know he's he's had two plays where while he may be one of the better players in the league in terms of like, you know, somebody tweeted this to me last night that Lazard versus man coverage has 164 yards, which is ninth in the NFL, 10 first downs, fourth in the NFL, and three touchdowns. When I started to break that down, a lot of it was against off man. A lot of it was against the, not against the primary corner. Um, the, the two biggest plays he had were, um, were fade routes. Um, mm against a corner but they weren't but one of them was from the slot that was kind of more of a a scheme play to get him open in the space that he didn't have to rely so much on speed 
And so I'm with you. I think they need a primary receiver and they're at least a year away from getting that. Yeah, I think that uh, option routes aren't an option right now. It's like they yeah. just have to scheme and, uh, you know, the, the wide receivers just have one job because, you know, Rodgers is used to, obviously, he knows how to read a defense. Um, and that's why he was kind of harping on his, his young guys like, yeah, they're not there yet. Because, you know, I can obviously see the defense is shaded inside. And so you're supposed to take your out outside and they're still taking it to the inside. And it's just like, you know, th that means that they're not on the same page. And Alan Lazard, and well, I was going to say to that, it's, it's probably, you know, the reason why against man, it seems like they're doing better uh, because you, Aaron Rodgers just has to throw him open. But when it's zone, it's like there can be option routes that you get into that windows, and then Aaron Rodgers, you know, doesn't even have the time uh, to be able to, to wait and put it in that window or have that option route uh, to, to get those windows uh, to be available. So, um, yeah, yeah, they're man, it's good. Their best two option route players is the aging Randall Cobb, who doesn't really scare anybody, but like that's not the guy they want to like get the experience to become their future player. Um, and the guy on IR, Sammy Watkins, you know? And so when those are your two best option route players, it, you know, it tells you a lot about what's going on with this offense right now. Yeah. So that makes sense. So let's, let's get to report cards. Who, who do you think is the best quarterback or who's had some of the best quarterback play thus far? for this first semester of our NFL season. I mean, you know, I could I could say the obvious and go with Patrick Mahomes. Um, but I'm going to go with the other obvious, and that's Josh Allen. I mean, he's yeah. just, you know, he, he did win the game. Um, you know, he's he has a high average uh, in, in pass yards per uh, attempt. He has the highest rating. Uh, he has the most TDs. And he's just... Outside of Tua, you know, he does have the highest rating. Um, so it's just, he's he's playing really well. He's playing just uh, how they expected uh, him to play. Um, his passing yards, you know, he's, 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 I think, 200 yards above the highest passing, you know, the second most yards, uh, which is Matt Ryan. So, I mean, you know, Josh Allen, he's just that guy right now. And I don't know, I love his attitude. So I'm just, uh, you know, I'm rooting for Josh right now, and I'm, he's definitely my, my number one uh, quarterback. Yeah, I'm with you. Josh Allen's my is there too. I would have, I would have made an argument for Lamar Jackson until yesterday. <laughs> yesterday was a bad enough game that I mean, Lamar Jackson's certainly on that list. But he, um, you know, he's played great football up until yesterday. He just had a bad week. Um, he might still wind up getting that at the next semester, but. But Allen has been, you know, Allen has been good enough that you can see, you know, overall. I mean, he's been able to make plays both with his legs, with being able to buy time in the pocket, as well as as a runner. And then, you know, been very good as a passer overall. Um, a lot of those, you know, a lot of those plays you see to Gabriel Davis that were that were big plays were, you know, should be credited mostly to Josh Allen for the fact that they were the type of plays that are long developing that require Allen to either beat the pressure or to stand in there and take the shot 
for it to, you know, to get to be able to find Davis downfield. And, you know, when you, when you have a quarterback who's, who's been efficient in the short game, but also being able to be effective and productive in the vertical game certainly makes sense, you know, to put him, you know, atop of the board right now. So who struggled, but you expect to see them get better. Uh, So, you know, we just spoke on it and that's Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, right now he only has a 67% completion percentage and it's a little concerning. Um, but you know, not to like reiterate everything we just touched on, but you know, he, he's definitely, you know, a guy that is kind of like Tom Brady in the fact that it's going to take him a little bit with a new team to kind of, kind of get going. And, you know, Tom Brady is always a guy that, doesn't really care about the regular season because he knows that he can turn it on and still win. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers is actually finally going through that now uh, where, you know, yeah, he he did say that stay calm. Everybody just needs to relax, uh, you know, thing a couple of years ago. Um, but he's definitely in in the ruck right now. Um, but I think he'll be able to, to kind of pull it together. I'm hoping he is, but in, in my eyes, I you know, I do see him – uh, just getting on the same page with his wide receivers as as the season goes on. Yeah, yeah, and and certainly I can see why you'd have confidence in in someone like Rodgers in terms of his, you know, as the players start to grow and develop a little bit more, and and Rodgers being having been there and worked with a number of players to be able to be uh, a positive asset in helping them get there. Um, I'm. You know, I'm not even going to mention Tom Brady because to me, mm-hmm. if you have eight touchdowns, one interception, <laughs> and you've and and you're you're completing at 67 percent, and you're a top 12 quarterback, despite the fact that you've had injuries left and right, and your offensive line is bad, um, and like you said, he's getting rid of the ball fast. He's doing what he needs to do. It's going to get better for them. I'm not worried about that. I the guy that I hope it will get better. And I think, and I want to believe that it will is Russell Wilson. Yeah. Um. You know that watching the first couple of games, I charted those first couple of oh. games, and and <laughs> Wilson had thirteen drops in that game in those first two games. Um. There were thirteen drop passes. There were eight of them were in the end zone. Um. Oh wow. You know there were yeah he 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 was making plays. And I and I charted plays in terms of like decisions that that you know also like decisions that were questionable. What type of passes were they catchable passes or were they pinpoint passes? Most of the passes were pinpoint in terms of accuracy. He's drawn. He's been able to draw multiple defensive pass interference penalties. He's made big plays in the first two games that they they um, that they had and against the the Seahawks and the Texans. He looked good, but people were critical of him. And really it didn't make any sense when I looked at that. Now the Colts game was awful, Um, you know, but and this past and yesterday I watched that, that game and one, something looked wrong with him. Like something looked wrong with Russ. Like he just did not look like the same person out there. You come to find out that he also had a hamstring injury in addition to the shoulder injury that he's dealing with. (laughs) But regardless of all that, that offense is just awful right now. I mean, it's predictable. The receivers are, you know, are not getting open. Like watching that 
It's like early in the game they get open, the defense starts to starts to play their game and start and you start to see that the receivers are not breaking open on routes early or even after the first break when they reroute it's they're not getting open and I think that this is a I, I think Nathaniel Hackett is probably going to be in hot water you know in hotter water probably within the next three or four weeks I would not be surprised if he's fired by the trade deadline I think it's going to be that mm. bad um yeah, so I'm, I I don't I think that Wilson is, I mean again you're looking at him and it's you know we're looking you know seven point two eight yards per attempt not bad still kind of on track there he's always been a bit of a slow starter um, and especially when they have a new offense um, and this is a new situation and a lot of the a lot of things that have been slow have been the receivers just not making plays in situations that they should. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm concerned about it, but I think that I, I, I think you look at the completion percentage and that's really where it shows up. 58% completion percentage. And when you track a game, when you track games and you see that a lot of these are pinpoint passes that are dropped, you, you realize that that could easily be 65 66 67 percent um matt ryan i think he's going to get better too i think again new yeah, offense young players it's very similar to aaron Rodgers. um you know it's michael Pittman and and then a couple of veteran tight ends and they're trying to they're trying to get things rolling in this the defense has been struggling the offensive line's been struggling ryan ryan needs that protection to to play his best um, he can give you spurts of, of, he can give you certain plays where he can buy time and create, but that's not his MO. So, so yeah, Russell Wilson would be the, the one for me where Matt Ryan, I'm, I'm, I'm would be a close second. So who's, who's emerged and looked for real. I think we have a, a couple of obvious answers here. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see we can one. go with the whole Geno's one, but, um, I'm going to go with Jalen Hurts, man. And. That's really because of how different, I don't want to say how different he looked from last year, um, but just in terms of his growth in general, um, you know, he was said to have a noodle arm. He, uh, you know, he couldn't throw or yeah, he couldn't throw to the left side. Uh, you know, there were, there were multiple, uh, you know, reasons why, uh, you know, the, the you know, how the, Eagles played last year um but this year man he's just he's just firing on all cylinders and maybe it's because of the personnel that he has you know he he has another obviously really good wide receiver to throw to um you know you have Goddard you have Miles Sanders who are good weapons around you and then you have one of the best offensive lines in the entire NFL um but his interception rating is uh second below uh, Tom Brady, just in terms of de decision making altogether, you know he he has the fifth um, fifth best uh, uh, quarterback rating. Uh, so you know it's not just the guys around him that are making the plays. Um, you know it's it's him. You know he the, he I think he has three or four games where his rating was above one hundred. Only two interceptions. Um, I think he he's just playing really well for me right now. I like. I 
Yeah, I, I think that makes total sense. Couldn't disagree with that one at all. And, and same with Gino. But I'll add a name to the list who probably isn't being considered right now because he's missed a couple of games at this point. And that's Tua Tagovailoa. Yeah, man. I, I think that <laughs> he's played some good football. Obviously, he's got he's got two of the best receivers in the league. Um, he's got a, a dynamic offensive coach. But I don't think that offensive line is all that good um, mm-hmm. at this stage. They, they're still a work in progress. They've got some good pieces in place, but the cohesion isn't quite there. Their ability to protect the passer has not been strong. And I think Tagovailoa has played very good football Completed nine yards per attempt. I mean, obviously, you see that. Um, it, you would think that it should be that high when you have Jalen Waddle and, and Tyree Kill in the fold. Um, but he's doing yeah, exactly. It. And we would be much more, you know, he's doing what you would expect with that. Um, and there were a lot of people who didn't think he would do that. And to be at 69.9 or 69.6% completion percentage with a nine yards per attempt completion um you know, combined with that completion percentage and only three interceptions on eight touchdowns, feel pretty yeah. good about about that with Tagovailoa. So um, once he ret- if he can return pretty soon, it looks like he's on his way. Um, I'm pretty enthusiastic about him for the next for the rest of the season, um, as long as they can continue to protect him. Yeah, that, that's who I actually had for for the fourth um, the fourth yeah. grade here, promising because he's young. Uh, and so you were kind of wondering, okay, like, is he going to be, you know, the guy? Um, and I think he's definitely the quarterback of the future if he doesn't take the hits that he takes. Um, because like you're saying, like, how, how are you, how are you playing so well? And yet you have the highest yards per attempt. Like, that's crazy. Nine yards. Um, so almost every single throw he's throwing first downs. It's just like yeah. he just he's doing what everybody wanted him to do uh, he, and he's playing at that high level that he needs to play at in order to in order for his uh you know his surrounding pieces to, to play at their maximum potential. So yeah, th- he's my like promising QB uh, because I think he's uh you know I can't say it's surprising, but it is surprising because of how many people, you know, writing him off in a way. So it's just hurts and Tua. You can kind of flip in, in these categories um, just because they're both young. Um, but I think, you know, he's, he's a promising QB. There was another guy um, that, that I had in this place. Um, Davis Mills hasn't looked too bad. Um, you know, no. he's one of the, he's one of those quarterbacks where you're not sure, you know, if he was the best one, out of that 2021 draft class, and and I think he's he's playing pretty, like he he's playing all right right now. Um, you know he is at that 80. percent uh, He doesn't have great tools around him, uh, if we're being honest. So uh, like yeah. his defense isn't that great. I mean Stingley is awesome, uh, as you know he's probably right behind Sauce in in terms of the the second best corner, uh, out of that out of that class, but. Um, you know, I think I think Davis Mills kind of was in that close second for me. Yeah, you know, Davis Mills was was the fourth quarterback on my pre-draft board. Of, I think he was a fourth, maybe he was a fifth, but he was above. I know this. He I had him above Zach Wilson. I didn't. I was not a Zach Wilson fan. 
um, from what I saw on tape. And I thought that Mills could be a starter in this league. And, and so far, I think that he's he's giving it a good um, push to, to fight for that. And I think that there's a lot of promising things with them. I'm going to stay with the Miami Dolphins. And I'm going to talk about the, the quarterback that I, I think, while it was a truncated first start due to a thumb Skyler? injury, Skylar Thompson. Yeah. yeah. I'm a, I'm a, you know, I, I, I had Skylar Thompson as my number one court, um, pre-draft quarterback, um, based on just what I saw on tape. And I knew that it was probably unlikely that he would get an opportunity to play in the league as a, as a starter and might have to work at, at it. The things that I saw with a week of preparation, I thought were promising. Yeah. No, you know, the pocket movement was definitely there. The ability to know when to run, when to be able to buy time. He's good at buying time. What I noticed against the Vikings is that he would wait like most top quarterbacks can wait for the pressure to get within a step of him and then be able to make that move to maximize separation. So he wasn't, he wasn't reticent to, uh, about, you know, he didn't move too early when a defensive tackle was in his face. He could... He could wait at that right moment to make the move and then be able to maximize separation and throw. Um, throwing, he had a couple of nice layered throws in in, in that game. Um, there were the Dolphins, if anything, last week. the The biggest defense against two, uh, against Skylar Thompson wasn't the Vikings' defense. It was the it was it was Skylar Thompson's teammates with the all the different penalties that they had. There was a drive. There were five penalties on one drive, where Thompson repeatedly kept making big plays and putting them in the red area, and they got nullified. Um, so they schemed things up well for him, but he also made some good plays. Um, and I just don't think. Um, I think that it's very likely that Teddy Bridgewater will be somewhere else next year and that Skylar Thompson will be the number two and Tua, as good as he's played, it could be one play away from Thompson being able to make, um, to get like an extended audition. And that may not mean that Thompson takes over for Tua Tonga-Vailoa, but it could mean that he gets an opportunity elsewhere or, or it could in this sense, you think of it this way, Lori, is it, if you're a, if you're a young coach and you look at Thompson and go, he has the tools, he has every bit the arm that Tua does. He can make the layered throws. He's a little bigger. He can move well in the pocket. If he plays well enough, and they say we think he's got a future, who if you're building a team, and you already have two great wide receivers who are going to command a lot of money, wouldn't you go cheaper with with Skylar Thompson if he's playing well enough? send to a packing who you're not attached to <laughs> and you can use that money to build the rest of, you know, the rest of your team through free agency, through the draft and be able to spend money. I mean, that's what happened with Russell Wilson early on is that they were able to, they were able to spend money on that defense mm-hmm. um, because of the fact that they had a second round pick a quarterback and they could get out from under Matt Flynn um, who they paid a fair bit of money in free agency um, out of Green Bay to have. So I'm, I'm, I think he showed the promise that at least to be the quarterback too in that team. I, uh, it, it's funny because I'm actually, I'm writing something right now on a, <clears throat> on a Bailey Zappi. And yeah. man, he's interesting. 
he's in. He he's is interesting. interesting. What do you like about him? I like um, that he's able to throw the ball away. He's not forcing passes. Um, he works really well in the pocket. Uh, just in terms of his footwork, I know you saw that video of him climbing the climbing the pocket like he was a madman, uh, and then threw to the to to the left, um, like right in between the hashes and the sideline or the numbers and the sideline. Yeah. Man, that one throw uh, was was super nice. He he has really good rapport with his wide receivers already. Throwing that back shoulder, I think it was to uh, Devonte Parker. Or, yeah, I, man, he's been like. He's been gone for so many years, Parker. You forgot he existed until uh, until <laughs> Zappy came out and like really showed, you know, what he's all about. But I really like his footwork. Um, I like his uh, his ability to read um, defenses, and he has the poise to do it. Where he's not making bad decisions. Like sometimes, wow. you know, you'll have a really good quarterback, and you know the defender falls. And that quarterback overthrows him. That happened to Lamar last week. And maybe it's something that, like, that rookies have where they're not seeing ghosts yet. They're not second-guessing themselves yet. Um, but Zappy definitely isn't because there was a point in the game, right? I, I think it was his to his tight end uh, where the defender fell down and he was wide open uh, for for a touchdown. And it, it was, a you know, yeah. it was like a 25-yard pass. So, um, you know, he's taken what the defense gives him. Uh, and he's playing well within the pocket. He's making good decisions, uh, and uh, yeah, I think I think he's doing really well. Um, and he's at the top of a lot of a lot of quarterback boards right now. Um, yeah, he played. So. I agree with you. I mean, and yeah, that that guy who fell down was Grant Delpit, who was who was a big reason for the Browns being a very giving defense last week mm. on a number of levels. But but Zappy, I, I I agree. Zappy's very poised. He's always been very good on structure, and he's shown some good stuff off structure. Um, that play, the, the the first touchdown pass to a tight end in the right corner of the end yeah. zone, where he basically stiff arms the defensive <laughs> end and slides and slides back inside at the sideline and gets and throws it to the to the yeah, tight that end was on the so end nice. line was a nice play. Yeah, I, I think yeah. It, it ended up being called back right because he he got pushed out of bounds, yeah. but like you know yeah. just take that out of the you know out of the out of the play and uh wow that was such an that was just such a nice sequence i think he did that yeah. twice where he like stiff armed a defender or like just got out of their grasp um and yeah. yeah he's still able to just like keep his head up field and go through his reason and make a make a strong you know high velocity strike uh, right into the, right yeah. into the chest of the the receiver, so I really like what he's showing. Yeah, he's a, he's a good mover. I think that I think the the big question for him down the line. Well, one is does you know our team's going to feel like that he has the arm that they want from a starter, yeah. um, and I think that's probably where that that limitation is going to be apparent. And then also just how at, at Western Kentucky the the biggest flaw I saw with him was was when things didn't go as he expected like he if he didn't make the right pre-snap read or something happened that didn't go as planned sometimes he'd have some short circuits here and there which again these aren't major issues these are happening to most quarterbacks mm -hmm. so i mean i think he has a shot to be a good backup 
and if not if not a a worthwhile journeyman starter um over the course of his career he's looked very good um you know i don't think i think you know some fans are ready to trade mac jones um <laughs> in for for badly zappy but i think that maybe they're going a little too far just yet but uh let's move on to let's move on to some running backs here who's Who's the best running back? What's the some, been some of the best running back play that you've seen thus far? Um, well, you know, I like I said, I don't like going with the super obvious, uh, which would be Nick Chubb. Um, he's just he's demolishing everyone, uh, you know. Yeah. Like with eight defenders in the box, especially. Um, but I'm you know I'm not gonna say him. I'm gonna say Saquon Barkley. You know, just because of how that offense is based solely around him and uh and his team is five and one right now because of that um he's just doing everything that we all expected or you know wanted him not expected because we're all not, not really sure uh what to expect um especially because of the injury history but uh yeah he's playing uh super efficient uh you know he, he's breaking tackle he's he's getting out wide um catching passes I think he's just doing over overall uh, really well, and I'm gonna say he's the best uh, running back right now uh, in terms of well, these that, first six weeks. Yeah, he's played great football for sure, and I'm glad that you mentioned Nick Chubb. And as a Browns fan, and for Browns fans out there who need 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 something to cheer oh, yeah. about, you know, obviously we all know Chubb has has been dominant. Um, so you know, but I'm not going to go there either because we'll just assume that's the number one. And yeah, while exactly. you know he's he's kind of the quiet warrior anyway, so that fits him. The guy that I'll mention is Josh Jacobs. Mm -hmm. Josh Jacobs, who's you know averaging 5.4 yards per attempt on a Raiders offensive line that's played better than what people expected. But what you're seeing with him too is he's getting used in the passing game the way that people expected him to be used early in his career when he was with Alabama and showed how good of a receiver he could be. And so, you know, he's staying healthy. He's playing the, the game the way that I expected to see from him, which was a really dynamic between the tackles runner who could make players miss, who could create and set up his blockers in situations where maybe the blocks weren't setting up in an ideal fashion. And he's able to do some things to work defenders into blockers and create creases um he's you know a good after contact runner maybe not a great one but a definitely above average um and there there you know with this team you know with some injuries to hunter henry and to darren waller they've needed josh jacobs to be a steadying presence on this offense and i think he's played some excellent football thus far so i'm i'm gonna put him on that list Who's who's someone that uh, has struggled, but you just expect to see them improve? I I'm gonna follow the same pattern uh, with the Packers and say uh, AJ Dillon. Um, you know, I, I just I mean, I think just as a team as a whole, um, they haven't been playing as well. He's kind of like I wouldn't say like the bright spot, um, but he's definitely a guy that. Uh, you know, he's on pace to get more yards than he did last year. Uh, and that's pretty much the positive. Um, but right now, the whole team is struggling. Uh, so I would like to see him kind of emerge a little bit uh, in terms of uh, just, you know, be more of a factor. 
Uh, and it's hard with the, with the offensive line that they have right now. Um, but, yeah, I would say my vote is definitely A.J. Dillon. Yeah, I'd like to say that Ezekiel Elliott put Ezekiel Elliott on that oh. list. But I think that a lot of that has to do more with the with the lack of quarterback play. From what I've seen of him, I still think he looks fine. Really? You um, do? I mean, I, no yeah. wonder. I mean, you have him in your fantasy, and you pretty much beat me with him last week. Uh, and I'm still going to cry about that because I thought Goddard would be more of a, you know, he would Goddard would be my saving grace, but he wasn't. And Zeke, he, he, he did it for you. I just, I just feel like he's, he's done. Um, yeah. I don't know what I it know. is. I just, his, he's pressing that line too much. It's like the, the all or nothing, like you're saying with Barkley, what we might be afraid of. Um, I definitely see that with Zeke. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm a little biased. I'll have, I'll have to go back and check that the recent games out. The first couple games that I saw of him, I thought he looked fine. I thought yeah. that he was doing a good job with, with situations. He may be pressing a little bit more right now. But I think a lot of that is, too, when you look at the difference in types of touches that Elliott and Pollard get, Pollard gets kind of like the, the Andre Swift type of touches, which to me are the we're running draws, we're running delays, we're facing lighter boxes. He's faced some, some heavier boxes, but you get, you know, he gets the glamour runs, <laughs> whereas Elliot gets the dirty work. And and I think that people mistake what he's done for years with that dirty work. So I'm still confident in him. I think once they have a passing game to offset that a little bit more, that you're going to see Elliot have some of those bigger plays. But he might be pressing at this stage just because he knows that he's got to try and do, you know, that he's getting impatient. Because you see that with a lot of backs where they, that after a while they start to lose patience yeah. when they're when they're expecting to do well and they're not getting what they I want. I think we just, we, I saw a lot of that last year. Um, and so th there's a part of me that kind of like, kind of wrote him off a little bit. But, you know, you definitely proved me wrong uh, last week because I was hoping that, you know, the Eagles defense would be able to, to really stop him and... They just kept using him, man. So, you know, yeah. and he did what he was supposed to do. So, yeah, he's he's in he's in the dirty work phase right now of his career because they everyone knows that everyone knows that when he's getting the ball, they're trying to stop him. Yeah, and I think that that's he. I think he does well within the microcosm of those situations. Whereas with Pollard, it's more it it's more he's in situations more apt to break bigger runs. But but the guy that I would probably say. And I haven't watched enough of them yet, but I'm just counting on from what I've seen with him as a player, and that's Jonathan Taylor. Once he gets healthy, I think that we're going to see a, a big run from from Taylor, and and a lot of that is the product of the offensive line and and Ryan, and then just kind of trying to figure things out. I just don't think that that team's meshed just yet. A, so. a guy that uh, that's struggling. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, he, you know, he was out last week. Um, and, uh, the Jaguars still played with five guys on the line of scrimmage and they got beat in the short passing game. So yeah, Dion, Dion Jackson was that talking about, that was probably my best play of the week was getting a chance to play him this last week. But, but you know, you don't expect, you don't expect a guy like Dion Jackson to, to have as strong of a game as he did. Um, but obviously that was part of the game plan in terms of how that worked out. But who's 
who's emerged? Who's looking for real for you? Who who among these young backs has has really impressed you? Uh, so <clears throat> there is a you know there there are two guys uh, that I've kind of like had my eye on. Um, uh, one of them is uh, Alagir, I think I'm saying his name right. Yeah. Uh, from the Tyler Algar. Algar. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Yeah. You got um, it. That's all right. So I haven't, you know, I I watch a little bit of the Falcons, but they just, you know, they they seem like that run first team, uh, and he's just been, you know, he he's done a really good job. Um, but uh, I did pick someone else. Um, okay. I pick a. I picked Travis Etienne, and the reason why I picked him, I I believe he had like eight carries for eighty yards last week, like in the first half. Um, yeah, I think Doug Peterson is playing him more. Uh, I don't agree with it. I I believe he's more of a more of a Pollard type of back, like you're like you were saying about um the Cowboys, how you know you 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 put him out in space like uh, DeAndre Swift, um, where, you know, you put them in the draw plays, you know, you, you have the traps, uh, you know, towards towards the tackles. Uh, and, you you know, you put blockers in front of them, allow him to emerge uh, from from the, the left side of the line or, or to, towards the outside of the line. Um, and, uh, you know, but Peterson is actually using him more, uh, more than Robinson. Like I said, I don't really fully agree with it, to be honest. Um, because Robinson's the type of guy, he builds momentum, and then he breaks one loose. Uh, it just doesn't seem like the Jaguars are being patient with Robinson, so they're using ETN more. Um, and I think he, he is going to emerge. Uh, last year wasn't... It's, this is really his rookie year, and I just want to point that out. Last year, he didn't play at all. Uh, so it's just, you know, that's why I, I put him in the emerging category Um where you know he is a young player, um, who uh, who I do see, uh, you know, emerging. He I think he was third best in uh, yards per carry in the last three uh, games. So I just see him. You know, maybe the first three weeks he he didn't really do much, but in these last three weeks uh, he's really emerged and uh, and he's been Doug Peterson. It's Herbert on first. That makes total sense, you know, and and. You know, I think the easy answer could be either Brees Hall or Ken Walker. And and um, Walker, to me, I'd love to point out just from the standpoint that I think he's a very refined runner who does a great job as a patient player. Um, and I and to combine his quickness, short area agility and patience and craft it into some of the runs that I've seen from him, as well as the effort that I've seen as a pass protector, even if it hasn't always been successful, to, to make him redirect Cam Jordan four times on one play, even though Geno Smith still got sacked on it, um, just tells you, you don't expect a running back to force a, a defensive end of Cam Jordan's caliber to redirect that many times on a play. Um, that just tells you that there's, there's a lot to work with with Ken Walker. I'm... Well, I think he emerged last year. I think he's taking a second step, and that's Khalil Herbert with the with the Chicago Bears. Um, I think that there's a chance that Khalil Herbert could force his way into being a committee backfield with David Montgomery. Um, 
And I think they're, I've always joked that Khalil Herbert's kind of got a Dalvin Cook starter kit in style with his game because he can, he has that curvy linear movement and, and long speed. Um, he runs tough for his size. He really understands how to hit creases decisively and finish well for, for his size. And I, and I think that Montgomery is a fun runner to watch. He's that hard cutting, like lateral jump cuts, jump stops, kind of like Adrian Peterson does a lot, did a lot of that, um, breaks a lot of tackles, but he's not a super efficient runner in the way that Herbert can be. So, and he's not the game breaker that Herbert is. Yeah. I'm I'm, sorry. No, I was going to say uh, Herbert has 140 yards, uh, rush yards over expected. Um, I just looked that up and that's, that's, that's pretty good. He's third. That's third best in the NFL. Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley, then Herbert. Yeah. So, so yeah, Herbert's always been a favorite. I think that he is emerging. He's going to have an opportunity. I probably in our league should have accepted an offer for him that I didn't, um, but that's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but moving forward, who's a, um, you know, who's a promising running back on your list? So I, I, I went with the with the younger guy here, um, and you know we we could always, you know, like I said, I don't like going with the obvious, which would be Damian Pierce. Um, he's pretty much going to be like the offensive rookie of the year. Um, you know, I'm predicting that, uh, but I'm going to say Brees Hall. He's just been able to, to put this, put this Jets, um, offense on his back. Uh, I th- I just think yeah. he's played, he's played really well. Um, you know, I mean, with Zach Wilson, um, she, Brees, Brees Hall has, he finally got his first, uh, hundred yard game, uh, and it was against the Green Bay Packers. Seems like everybody's having a good game against the Green Bay Packers, uh, which kind of stinks for them. But yeah, I think Brees Hall is kind of emerging. Uh, the week before, he almost hit a hundred in rushing, uh, and it's just every single week you look at his stats and it's improving every single week. It's like you know he's climbing those stairs. Um, so I think he's a guy that we're gonna have to watch out for in the next couple of years. Love it. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm going to give you one that's off the radar right now. Um, and there's not a huge amount of tape to to really say whether he's promising or not. <laughs> but I've seen enough of his, but I've seen enough that I think that, you know, I, I, I started off a column this week and said, have you heard the joke about, um, have you heard the joke about Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker? No, Najee Harris, Kenneth Walker, and Keontae Ingram walking into a bar. And, you know, basically the idea that their coaches were there and two of them recognized recognized the backs. One of them thought the other was the busboy. Um, and, you know, and I would say that that, that that other back was Keontae Ingram and Cliff Kingsbury because Keontae Ingram, and for good reason, I mean, Keontae Ingram is was the fourth back on this depth chart. He's a rookie out of um, USC by way of Texas, kind of got run over by the Bijan Robinson train um, and had to move over to USC to actually continue getting playing time. But he was a five-star prospect, looked good with USC. He reminds me a lot of a back, of backs in combination of, say, stylistically and physically like Kareem Hunt and Chris Ivory. Ooh. Hard cutting, um, very quick, um, accelerators with good change of direction quickness who can create 
and run with contact balance and they catch the ball well. And Ingram, Ingram to me was one of the most underrated backs in this class. He, uh, he wound up on a, on an Arizona team late who already signed Daryl Williams as a free agent. Didn't expect Eno Benjamin to be anything. And Benjamin had a great camp because he learned how to pass protect. And once that happened, they were able to use him in that Chase Edmonds role. Um, but with the injuries to Williams, with the knee injury that he has, and James Conner with the rib injury, he got to play last week against the Seattle. And he only had three touches. He only gained seven yards. The first play was a seven-yard gain. It was a nice run. Good display of quickness, power, and cutback ability. Um, the second play was a loss, but he turned basically a five-yard loss into basically a two-yard loss with um, you know, a really nice job of cutting back from containment on the front side that basically had its, the blocker beat. Terrific spin and then being able to power through um, a defensive tackle to at least fall forward to avoid a, a bigger loss. And all the things that I saw him do against the likes of Notre Dame's defense, against um, better defenses that he faced in the college level, the creativity, the quickness, the decision-making um, was all there. And I think that they, I think that if Daryl Williams is out for a few more weeks, we're going to see Keontae Ingram get maybe two or three touches a game maybe be able to build on that a little bit more and maybe Cliff will look around. They kept him for a reason. He looked good in the preseason, but they already, you know, with Benjamin playing well, with Jonathan Ward being a good um, special teams guy and them already having Connor and, and, um, and Williams, you know, the fact that they kept Ingram in the first place tells you that they know what they know that they see something in him. They see the skills because you don't keep five running backs in today's NFL um, in that situation. And so the fact that they brought him up, you know, onto the active roster and he got to play a little bit, I think he's going to show the Cardinals that he's their back of the future um, either this year or early next. Um, and if he doesn't, he's going to wind up on a team that, that discovers that they have a find in him. I think he's going to be a starting running back in this football, in this league. So, yeah. Um, we're going to continue this conversation with our report cards the next time we meet because I, I know that we're we're kind of running low on time here, but we'll do wide receivers and tight ends um, in a couple of weeks. Um, we're still kind of getting close, you know, the end of that first semester and we still have time left to be able to do that. But, um, you know, as always, this was great, Lori. Um, and, you know, we can find Lori Fitzpatrick on Twitter. You can find her um, and at TD Wire. You can find her on Twitter at Lori, L-A-U-R-I-E-F-I-T-Z-P-T-R-C-K, at Lori Fitzpatrick. And, of course, at TD Wire, where she does fantastic work there. And you should check out her, her film stuff on Twitter on Sundays. Um, like myself, she and I both put out film clips of players and of, of things that we're seeing schematically and skill-wise mm -hmm. from those Film points. only, film so. only. <laughs> there you go. That's that's what we're doing. Team film only today. So, uh, But thank you again, and you guys have a good week, and we'll see you soon.